Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Let's get a big thumbs up. Get ready to rock and roll today. Let's have some fun. 400 laps. I got you guys there. Have a great day. 10 4. We'll make it happen. We know what we got to do. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. And Benedetto is around. A multi-car pileup. Hamlin tries to block. Logano pinned in behind him. Off turn number two. It's Denny Hamlin by a car lane. To the checkered flag. Denny Hamlin has won the 61st edition of the Daytona 500. You are the man, D.A. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Bloomin' Monday at Outback Steakhouse. Here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the MRN crew, fresh off of Speed Week's 2019. The Daytona 500 is in the books. Denny Hamlin scored his second win in the Great American Race. Denny's going to join us on today's show to talk about getting that very emotional win for Joe Gibbs Racing. Defending Truck Series champion and last year's winner at Atlanta, Brett Moffitt's going to join us today as well. Our very own Winston Kelly had the opportunity to sit down with Richard Childress Sunday before the Daytona 500. Of course, RCR kicking off its 50th anniversary this year. RC will talk about 50 years of Richard Childress racing. We'll take you back, let you hear some more of that interview. Part of it was played during our pre-race coverage from Daytona, but there's a whole lot more to enjoy, and we've got that for you along with many, many other items as well. But first, we catch up. With Kim Kuhn and everything that went on this weekend as far as social media and other matters are concerned. Hello, Kim. Hello, Mike. Glad to have you back. It was a very exciting speed week. What do you got for us today? It was. Well, obviously on social media, a lot of people are talking about Daytona 500 champion Denny Hamlin. I'm sure you saw where they went to Steak and Shake after the race to celebrate. And obviously he's doing the media rounds currently. But that actually is not my favorite thing on social media from Speed Weeks. My favorite social post came from Team Penske. Do you have any idea what I'm alluding to? I have no idea what you're talking about here. Well, it's really interesting because we talk about debris a lot on the racetrack. I know you make calls out from the turns about debris on the grill. Well, Mm -hmm. not often is debris in the form of cash money. And that's exactly what they found on Ryan Blaney's car after... The pit stop he made when he won stage two, they swiped the grill and they found a Lincoln on the grill of Blaney's car. (laughs) If you don't believe me, I know it. I know. I know. If you don't believe me, go to Team Penske's Twitter handle. There is a photo of it where they say on the last stop for Blaney, the Menards crew found a $5 bill on the grill and they have one of the crew members holding the bill out. Well, how does one pick up a five spot on the racetrack and... Quite frankly, if we're throwing five spots around, I'd like some to land in my turn position at some point someday. I know, I know. I mean, if it's me, I, I'm hoping it's a Benjamin on my grill, but a five's better than nothing. But I just thought that was so funny. It's nothing I've ever seen before. And, again, you can look at the photo at Team Penske's Twitter if you don't believe me. Uh, if I do my math right, a $5 bill is 500 lucky pennies. Unfortunately, they did not work in Ryan's favor because he was part of that one of those final accidents and had a DNF in the Daytona 500. So I was going to say, they're going to need every penny and that five spot to right? uh, handle the damages to those race cars <laughs> after the 500. Absolutely. All right, Kim. Well, thank you. It was a very, uh, well, a very exciting speed weeks. And, well, for some, a ritual speed weeks, at least as far as a $5 bill is concerned. Yes, Team Penske, $5 richer. But don't forget, you can follow us at MRN Radio and tweet us using the hashtag AskMRN. 
Thank you, Kim. We appreciate it. Coming up, we will relive the biggest moments from Sunday's Daytona 500. And later, we'll talk with the winner of the Great American Race, Denny Hamlin. At AutoZone, we're all about giving you more ways to get more done. Like the AutoZone Rewards Program. Members get more, like a $20 reward every time they spend $20 or more five times. Got more to do? We've got more for you to do it. Looking to protect your engine? Regular oil and oil filter changes are the best way to keep your engine running strong and running long. And if you're looking to do the job yourself, AutoZone can help. Let us help you at more than 5,600 locations nationwide. See terms at AutoZone.com slash rewards. Restrictions and details in store. Progressive presents Get Pumped. Inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Hey, what's that look on your face? Defeat? You want to save more money? Then start playing as a team. Bundle home and auto with Progressive. That's how you win big savings. What? You need music to get pumped? Let's do this. Hold on, I'm going to turn it up. That's too loud. Yeah, that's better. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all stages situations. We'll hear the best in-car audio from Sunday's Daytona 500 next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Experience different. Boyer sees the checkered flag. Experience excitement, drama, and action. And he wins the STP 500. Experience NASCAR at its best. Experience Martinsville. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series returns to Martinsville Speedway March 24th for the STP 500. Tickets start at just $47 and are on sale now. Call 877-RACE-TIX or visit martinsvillespeedway.com today to start your experience. Winged Nation with Steve Post, Aaron Evernham, and Ashley Stremme. Your destination for all things winged sprint cars. Each Saturday at 8.30 and 11.30 a.m. on MAV-TV. Live at noon on wingednation.com and Facebook Live. Join us for in-depth conversations with drivers and personalities that make up the greatest dirt racing on earth. The Winged Nation preview podcast each Thursday previews the upcoming weekend. Winged Nation, winged sprint car talk covering dirt tracks all across America. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Sunday kicked off the NASCAR season with the Daytona 500, and it did not disappoint in the drama department. Here's a backtracks from the great American race. Chase Elliott, he may be the hardest working guy. All right, boys. Well, have a good day. Appreciate all the hard work coming out for Chevy, fellas. Nice and clean. Execute our race. First elder position. Got to be there at the end. Yep, copy that. Have a nice, smooth day and try to be there when it counts, so thank you. 101,000 are on their feet and waiting for the green flag. It is out. Trouble in turn two, Dave. Kurt Busch tried to squeeze down into the bottom line, made contact with another car, spun broadside in the middle of turns one and two. Barely there, barely there. Easy, easy. Hang on to it here, man. Hang on to it. Left rear damage here, guys. Left rear damage. Splitter damage as well. He'll be rolling to you guys. I got four flat tires. Damage is minimal other than just aprons and banking. 10-4, when you get to us, we'll do tires and fuel. So we'll assess the damage. Down on the lap here, get going. Lap number 73, Joey Logano on pit road. All of these Sunoco fuel only. Hopefully we can get up behind the 10 here. No pressure coming on the track. Hopefully they'll let outside the 10. Force him up there when he blends outside the 10. How the hell are we keep that beat on this fuel only? Good man. All right, right now we're getting word that perhaps the number 11 of Denny Hamlin is off the pace. Denny, we're still trying to figure it out, but we still don't think we got enough in. We still don't know why. Just run as long as you can run, 36 to go. Well, the Casey Mears machine is in trouble. He is down on the apron. A couple of other cars involved as well. It looks like Parker Kligerman got a piece of that. I got no clue what the hell he's thinking. Our crew's been right there, and then when he pulled up, I was like, oh, I had to turn, and then I, I got loose, because that turned so damn hard. Trouble. Cars begin to slide, collected, slamming into the inside wall. Across the grass they go. Ricky Stenhouse, Jr. Gap, 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 check, check, check. Gap, 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 gap. Gas, 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 gas. All right, get back going. We got minimal damage right here. Break, 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 break. After this 48, get back going. Caution's out. Back, back, back it up, back it up, back it up. We got a flat left here. Four tires, guys. Four, 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 four. Jack, Jack, come on, come on, let's go, let's go, come on, come on. Pull the centers out, too. Pull the centers out. Let's go, boys. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Hard all the way, hard, hard, hard. Go, 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 go. 
Toes off. Steering wheel's to the right, just a little. Solo car spin at the end of the pack and will spin out of my view onto the front straightaway. It's Brad Keselowski. Keselowski is, in fact, it looks like he's cut down a left rear tire. Hold the brake left rear here, guys. Have no starter. I just need a push, Coleman. Come and give me a push. Push. I need a push. Trying to get a record out here fast. I don't know if I ran over something or what. Took off on me. And DeBenedetto is around. A multi-car pileup as cars crash and collide. Wrecking, wrecking. We're done, guys. Let me know you're all right. Will it roll? Oh, God. No. Jesus. 1040, okay? Yeah. Take your time to get now. Yep. Sorry, guys. I uh, appreciate you racing hard. That's all you can do. Paul Menard having such a good run for the Wood Brothers. Let me know you're Yeah, Temple. Good. Oh, yeah. I guess I bumped him too hard. He's getting bumped in the back. Now, here's one car out of line. It'll be Clint Boyer to the bottom. Whoa, and he gets turned. Three wide behind you. Three wide, you're on the bottom. Outside, outside. You okay, man? Yeah. I went for it. Sorry. Before you're good to go right there. If you get it geared, it'll roll. Bring it to us, though. We're going to try and work on it here. See if we can at least finish this thing. How do all the gauges look? Fine. White flag in the air here at Daytona. Here they come, racing back through the tri-oval. Advantage goes to Denny Hamlin. Half back of you. 22 can't get to him. One back, white flag coming back no matter what. Don't get too far out. One and a half. One and a half. Tighten it up behind. Denny Hamlin's trying to block all lanes. He's to the outside, to the inside, to the checkered flag. Denny Hamlin has won the 61st edition of the Daytona 500. Get high, get high, get high. Hey, oh, yeah. Yeah! Yeah! You are the man, DH. You are the man. Awesome job, Chris. Team, I'm really proud of you guys. It's gonna be a great year. Now, while we know the Daytona 500 is a big deal here in America, you might forget or may not realize how international the great American race is. Here are a few calls of the big one and Denny Hamlin winning the Daytona 500 in different languages. And DiBenedetto is around, a multi-car pileup as cars crash and collide. Dutch. Oh, a miss with Benny Benedetto, and then a big one. With Benedetto sitting by Blaney, Truex. Whoa, Menard is there also. Bulgarian. He's listening to the show. Oh, Matti Benedetto. Benedetto is here, a big one. Невероятен Big One, уникална катастрофа, точно 10 обиколки преди финала. Това, което се опасявахме, че може да се случи, се случи в крайна сметка. Japanese. Polish. No, i kolejne problemy to Matt Di Benedetto i Paul Menardo obracają się z przodu. Ogromny wypadek w trzecim zatręcie, przynajmniej 12-15 samochodów. Jest tam Ryan Blaney. Denny Hamlin's trying to block all lanes. He's to the outside, to the inside, to the checkered flag. Denny Hamlin has won the 61st edition of the Daytona 500. French. Denny Hamlin qui gagne le Daytona 500, trois ans après. Et encore une fois, le Daytona 500 qui échappe à Caillebouche. En Spanish. Sainte-Croix pour Patel 18, avance à la seconde position. Va à ser Hamlin, cambio de Thomas. Va à ser Denny, 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 Denny Hamlin se la lleva. Denny Hamlin se la lleva. We'll leave it up to you to pick your favorite. Coming up, we talk with Hamlin about his second Daytona 500 win. And later, we hear Richard Childress. Talk about some of the biggest moments in RCR history. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. 
In order to maximize a vehicle's performance and efficiency, the proper adjustments need to be made based on the road ahead. That's true for both race car drivers on the track and for truck drivers hauling freight on the highway. But if your truck's equipped with a Detroit DT12 automated manual transmission with intelligent powertrain management, adjustments are made automatically based on GPS terrain mapping, maximizing performance and efficiency. Don't just want better business solutions, demand them. Learn more at demanddetroit.com. Saturday afternoon, Motor Racing Network will have coverage of the Atlanta 200 for the NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series. Be sure to tune in for coverage Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. in the East. Coming up next, we'll have our AutoZone Driver of the Week. He happens to be the 2019 Daytona 500 champion, Denny Hamlin. It's presented by AutoZone. It's never a good feeling to see your check engine light on. Thankfully, the AutoZone Fix Finder service can tell you the most likely fix for free. Get in the zone, AutoZone. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Hey, Ralph Shaheen here with MRN's The Straight Line. The holidays may be over, but the drag racing world is just putting up their Christmas trees as they get ready for the start of the 2019 race season. Join Doug Herbert and I every Thursday as we talk to the celebrities of the NHRA, and we'll take you inside the pits for all the latest news and headlines. It's MRN's The Straight Line, presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts, every Thursday on MRN.com, iTunes, or wherever podcasts are heard. The 1993 Cup Series season was a year of triumphs. Dale Jarrett is going to win the Daytona 500. Nobody was talking. It was all in my hands as to... And tragedies. I remember Peter driving that truck around the track, going up the gate, leaving, and it's like, Alan's not going to be back. Here's stories that you've never heard before in a 10-part series called the 1993 season, 25 years later. Dale Earnhardt wins the 1993 championship. You can download all the shows for free on iTunes and at MRN.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We welcome you back to NASCAR Live. We continue post-Speed Weeks 2019. It was Sunday, the running of the 61st Daytona 500, and Denny Hamlin survived all of the late race chaos to score his second win in the Great American Race. Denny joins us now on NASCAR Live. Denny, welcome back to the show. Congratulations on winning the 500. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It wasn't easy by any means. Walk us through that challenging day you had on Sunday. It seems like you had a little bit of everything thrown your way. Yeah, certainly. Uh, started off pretty well where we are kind of battling for first stage win and, and got shuffled there a little bit on the last lap and position where I kind of put myself in a bad spot where uh, I didn't uh, finish as well as I thought. But, you know, in the second stage, we, we couldn't get the car full. Uh, we had to make multiple stops. We went a lot of lap down at one point under green, and we the 95 that was leading actually – was uh, you know, kind of in front of us, and we saw that you know, those guys were about to pit, so I went ahead and passed them just in case a, uh, a caution came out. And Luckily, a caution did come out because we were going to have to pit with those guys again, which is going to put us behind quite a bit. So we kind of got saved by a caution there. You know, In the final stage, we just methodically made our way back up front, uh, had a good pit stop, good strategy, and uh, kept it up front and, and away from all those wrecks that went on. When you have a situation early in the race when something happens, in your case, trouble fueling the car, a mechanical issue, and you try to rally back from that. Is that a distraction, and, and how do you process that and minimize it so you can keep focused on the task at hand? To win these races, you got to have kind of everything go right because you have to keep your track position. you got to try to stay up front as much as you can. It was it was a challenge for us, you know, starting the third stage, I think 22nd or something like that. It's going to be a challenge for us to get back up front, but Luckily, you know, we played the right strategy at the right time. We came in an extra time, took tires when no one else did, and allowed us to kind of take that fuel-only stop there towards the end and get some of that track position back. And then we really battled our way back to the front from there. So for me personally, I think that, you know, you're going to have adversity sometimes. You just kind of figure out how you can not let it affect your overall finish. We mentioned all the chaos that broke loose late in the race, and it seemed to happen off the end of the back straightaway. Was it aggressive racing overall? Are these just slips, maybe perhaps mistakes that guys were making? What led to the chaos that we saw, in your opinion? Ten laps to go, and you're 22nd, right? Just say you're 22nd or 20th. you, you got to try to make a move to go to the front, right? The bad part is 
your your bed's already made. You're not going to get to the front, you know, in that position because you've waited just too long. And you've either waited too long or you got shuffled there or what have you, and everyone's trying to get to the front at the same time, and there's just not enough real estate to do that. You're two by two. You're side drafting each other, and no one's really going anywhere. So what happens? Someone sticks it three wide, and the other two guys, you catch the other two off guard, and it usually starts. I know that it's it's situational, but is there a magic lap? Is there a magic time to where, say, you are mid-pack, and you say, all right, if I'm going to win this thing, i got to go. Is there, towards the end of this race, that moment, or is that fluid from race to race? It's fluid race to race. It's all situational, in my opinion. Um, I mean, there's some races where you know, laying back is, is beneficial at certain parts of the race where statistically it's you know, maybe chaotic. But for the most part, I try to stay up front as much as I can. But it, it, you know, the situations and the strategy doesn't always play out that way. It's you know, how you overcome that. And if you have to make that extra pit stop like we did in the middle of the race, you know, how are we going to battle from you know, the back of the pack to the front? And, and we found a way. What does it mean to you to get this win under your belt, get it done, and get back to victory lane and kind of shake off what was left of last season? Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely good to win the first race back. That's always a good thing. And, you know, we've got, it's crazy to say, but more bonus points now than what we had all of last year going into the playoffs. So we're going to just keep building on it. I mean, that'll give us the, hopefully a cushion that we need early in the round. You know, we were eliminated so early last year, it just seemed like a fair fight. We were so far behind in the points. So we're going to do everything we can to, you know, pretend when we get to Atlanta that, you know, we got to win this race too. So we're going to stay aggressive and, and try to get as many wins as we can before the playoffs start. You joined an elite group. You're a two-time winner of the Daytona 500. But Sunday's win obviously meant something to you for career accomplishments. It was a 1-2-3 JGR punch. And then, of course, this is in the wake of losing – J.D., Joe's son, back on January 11th. What is the mood with the race team? What was the emotional nature of this win for the entire organization? Well, I know my guys were, were super pumped up about it. I, I have really a revamped team from top to bottom. You know, most of the road crew, you know, well, I'd say some of the road crew different, but the pit crew is entirely different. You know, obviously the crew chief change is, is, a, is a major change in itself. But so those guys were ultimately, you know, Super, super happy. Um, a lot of those guys were on different teams uh, last year, kind of spread out through the organization. But generally, you know, they were jacked up. And then you saw the excitement from, you know, the Gibbs family themselves. It was uh, it, it's just a great victory lane to kind of be a part of. And I know that it is just one race, but right now you're batting a 1,000. Your second opportunity comes this weekend at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. First race with reduced horsepower in the cars, and obviously that will launch us off into the new aerodynamic package with the other effects on it as well. Do you know what to expect this weekend at Atlanta? Not really. I mean, I, I haven't got to test this package. Uh, it, you know, as much as we try to equate it to the all-star, it, it is different. It's different in a lot of ways. Uh, I was scheduled to go in the simulator today uh, and drive a little bit, but obviously that changed with uh, the Daytona 500. So for me, I, I'm going to be going into it pretty blind. Um, I'll know within the first couple laps kind of what I got. But certainly, uh, you know, I, I don't know what to expect until it actually happens. Lots of unknowns await us at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Coming up this weekend, the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500. Our friends at the Performance Racing Network will have that call this weekend. One more thing before we let you go. I know that when athletes perform well, they happen to hear from other athletes and other celebrities. Curious to know, after you won the race on Sunday night, who did you hear from? Anybody of note? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Bubba Watson uh, is one of the guys who uh, kind of reached out and, and actually sent a tweet out. You know, we're part of the same management group, which is uh, great. But it's uh, you know, I caddied for him when he won the Masters, you know, a handful of years ago. So got great relationships with him and a bunch of guys in obviously the basketball industry, uh, golf industry, and stuff like that. And um, it's just uh, it's amazing, you know, to have support from friends like that that uh, you know keep up with you on a weekly basis. And I'm sure they're keeping up with your points forward, seeing if you can rack up another one this weekend. We appreciate the time. Congratulations on winning the Daytona 500 and becoming a two-time winner of the Great American Race in the process. All right, thank you. That's Denny Hamlin, winner of the 2019 Daytona 500. Coming up, Richard Childress relives RCR's biggest moments, and later we hear what drivers are expecting at Atlanta with some of the major changes going into effect for 2019.
This is one of the greatest days of racing. A picturesque setting for a racetrack, one of the best that we go to throughout the course of the year. You know when you come here, you're probably going to see things happen that you will not see anyplace else. Oh, Campgrounds are full, the fans are filing into their seats, and we are just about ready to get things going. Awesome to be here. This place is sold out once again this year. It's going to be an exciting one here today. Plan your weekend at a Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series race today by visiting nascar.com slash tickets. Live sports are the one true reality entertainment where a single dramatic moment can become timeless. In NASCAR, Motor Racing Network's live broadcast elevates your senses to the sights, sounds, and struggles taking place on the racetrack. Austin Dillon leads the pack. No one ever thought he would contend for the win. He's going to win the 60th running of the Daytona 500. The power of radio to the imagination of the listener. Tune in to the Motor Racing Network. Visit MRN.com for an affiliate list in your local area. This week's Wheel Entrusted to Perform pit crew goes to Denny Hamlin's number 11 Toyota Racing Team. The team rebounded after having a mechanical issue earlier in the race. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. Coming up next, we'll have our NASCAR Live face-to-face -face with Richard Childrest. First, this is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Calling all admirers of the king. For Richard Petty, the STP Pontiac. We have the place for you. Celebrate the life and career of NASCAR's all-time win leader, Richard Petty. Uh, the hat came about in the late 70s. From the legend behind the king's famous crown to thrills and spills that the Hall of Famer had over the years. Petty is sliding, slamming into the wall. It's Richard Petty's Road to Royalty, and it's available for free to download on iTunes and MRN.com right now. MRN.com. Original online audio, video, and digital content. Need the latest information on each week's races? Check out the MRN.com race center. Need to find your local radio station for MRN original programs? And Camping World Truck, Xfinity, and Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series races? Go to stations on MRN.com. All the latest NASCAR news and opinion pieces, race schedules, driver standings, and archives of MRN programs, MRN race broadcasts, and so much more. MRN.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We appreciate you joining us and spending time with us here on the Motor Racing Network. 2019 marks a lot of anniversaries for different tracks and organizations, one of them being Richard Childress Racing. MRN's Winston Kelly had a chance to sit down with RC in Daytona and talk about some of the best moments that RCR has ever seen. Earnhardt inside on Richard Childress, squeezes him out of the outside lane and will move up a notch. You always talk about only in America. Why is that? Well, it, you know, I'm so proud of our country and our flag and, and everything we got going on with, uh, with this great country to live in. I've been fortunate to travel all over the world and, and go to countries that aren't even close to what we are in, in third world countries and socialism. When I touch ground here, it, it's great. But then I, I think back, and the reason I say it, and about every time I speak, I'll come out and I'll say, only in America, only in America, could with a, a kid with a dream and an old $20 race car be speaking to Winston Kelly here on MRN. When you think about where it came from, talk about your early days, early remembrances of Bowman Gray Stadium before actually racing. Yeah, I was a kid, and uh, our stepdad carried us over. I can't remember really how old it was. The more I think about it, I was probably 10, 11 years old. And uh, my brother went with me, and uh, we went over and watched the race one night. And race drivers became my heroes. And I knew after going over there and climbing the fence and getting in or walking in with somebody, we were selling peanuts and popcorn. And it was just uh I knew what I wanted to do from that day, and uh, they had a $99 claiming division and went out and bought an old $20 race car. You mentioned you had a dream. What was that dream? Was it just a race, or was it bigger than that? It was bigger than that because you could, over there at Bowman Grace Stadium, they would put a sheet up over there on the, used to play football there, and they would show the old races from Daytona and different places. And I watched those guys race. I seen how they lived, how they 
you know, they were just a fun-loving bunch of guys. And I said, that's the way I want to be in life. And and it was good to go down there and hang out with the race drivers and uh, and see how they uh, really did. There were a number of bellwether days, bellwether moments over the past 50 years. Talladega 1969 is one of those. What all happened that weekend and why was it so important to Richard Childers and Richard Childers Racing? Well, it kind of it, it started us out. Uh, we'd race there, and back in the day, uh, Bill France or the tracks you'd go to would give us deal money. And, and I think he gave us 500 bucks uh, to come down and race that race. Plus what we won, I think a one thousand or so dollars, uh, twelve hundred dollars, where it was, and then we ran. Uh, Bill France Senior came over that evening. That's when the PDA pulled out at Talladega for the speeds, and he said, "Boys, I want y'all to run the race tomorrow. I'll pay you another five hundred or thousand or whatever it was he was going to pay us, and and I won another couple of thousand dollars or whatever." the purse i won that day and i came home with four or five thousand dollars more money i'd ever had in my life i thought i'd never have to work again 50 years later i'm still working (laughs) but but the cool thing about it was i and i was only in my 20s and i went i was smart enough to go and buy some land and start my own business and build a business of of building uh you know, working on street cars and building wreck cars, and it was a break I needed to stay in racing. You continued to have some success as a driver, but then made the decision that it was time to step out of the car, become an owner, put somebody else in the car. How did you and Dale Earnhardt get hooked up that very first time? Well, we knew each other and raced against each other, and I, I never will forget a one to race over at Metrolano one day. And Dale come up to me. He finished second. Kel and I wrecked on the last lap and spun. I still won the race. And uh, Dale finished saying, he come over and poke me. He said, next time I race against you, I'm going to win. And he proved that way many, many times. But, you know, we got hooked up. Rod Osterlin had sold to J.D. Stacy, his race team, and Dale didn't want to be sold. And he came over, and he and uh, – uh, some other guys with R.J. Reynolds came over and said, hey, we want, Dale wants to drive for you. Would you? I've heard you want to get out of the car. And I could see the change with Osterlin, Stacy, Warner Hodgson, so many people coming into sport. It was going to become a big money sport, and I didn't have the money. If I didn't do something, do something, I was going to be out of business. So I took Junior Johnson's advice and put Dale Earnhardt in the car. I never will forget we were at the downtowner in uh, Anniston, Alabama, when we put our deal together for 10 races. You guys seem to have so many connections. You know, you you both like to hunt, you like to fish, but one of the other things is you both were racers first and then became businessmen. How did that kind of mesh together for you guys and the success it translated to on the racetrack and off the racetrack for you guys? Yeah, you know, Dale was really a a very, very savvy uh, businessman. And I was fortunate enough to have some good guidance when I was very young to make some good decisions. I I never had anything gave to me. I always worked to where we are today. Uh, My father died when I was uh, about six years old. His father passed away. We had a lot of things in common. We both had mothers we loved. We had so many things in common. I think that's the reason a lot of people didn't give us a year to get along because we were both pretty little hot-headed and heavy, you know, hard-headed maybe you may call it. But we knew there was something special in a relationship, and we built so much trust in that relationship is what made us strong. Six championships together. Checkered flag and the Winston Cup championship to Dale Earnhardt. Everybody seems here to congratulate uh, Richard Childers. And- Does one of them stand out more than the other, and if so, why? I would say probably the first one for me would stand out more than anything because it's like a load being taken off of my back. Here I had a championship driver driving for us, and we went in 1985. We had the worst year. I told Dale, I said, Dale, you're a better driver than you need to be here. Never will forget, we got back to my house. I spent the night at my house up in uh, Winston-Salem there, and he said, uh, we started this together, and we're going to finish it together. And next year we came back, we won nine or ten races and uh, won the championship, and it was just a load off my back that we were able to give him 
reward him with a championship because of him sticking with us. One of our darkest days, of course, 2001, but you kept going because of a pact the two of you guys had. What was that? We were uh, hunting out in uh, New Mexico, and uh, my horse, we all, he and I always joked about it being a great horse wreck. And uh, I flipped off the mountain and got all busted up. Had to borrow his gun to finish the elk hunt with and uh, got back to camp at night. And we were hanging out around the campfire, you know, having a adult beverage. And we were having so much fun just talking about that wreck that day. And I looked over to him and I said, Dale, if anything ever happens to me, if I hadn't have made it off that mountain today, you know you'd have had to went on and raced. And we were on our way to Phoenix. And he said, if it ever happens to me, you got to keep going. And I thought about that. That uh, Tuesday, we were stayed down here with Bill France and uh, Mike Hilton and that group. And uh, after that uh, bad day, and then I thought about it, and I walked inside, and I called Bobby Hutchins. I said, Bobby, we're going to Rockingham. Paint the car white, call NASCAR, and tell them uh, we want the lowest number that was available. It happened to be number 29. And uh, I said, have Kevin Harvick meet me there. I'll be at the shop about 9 o'clock tonight. And that's how it went. Uh, Those stories bring back a lot of memories. Thank you, Winston. We appreciate it. Coming up, Woody Kane is going to tell us what drivers are expecting this weekend at Atlanta. And later, defending Truck Series champion Brett Moffitt joins us in studio. At AutoZone, we're all about giving you more ways to get more done. Like the AutoZone Rewards Program. Members get more, like a $20 reward every time they spend $20 or more five times. Got more to do? We've got more for you to do it. Looking to protect your engine? Regular oil and oil filter changes are the best way to keep your engine running strong and running long. And if you're looking to do the job yourself, AutoZone can help. Let us help you at more than 5,600 locations nationwide. See terms at AutoZone.com slash rewards. Restrictions and details in store. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Woody Kane has a preview of this weekend's action from Atlanta next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Are you ready? To help children forget about their serious medical conditions so they can just be a kid. Then support Victory Junction, which is the dream of late race driver Adam Petty, who wanted to build a camp where children concentrate on fun and laughter, not illness or disability. At Victory Junction, kids enjoy zip lining, horseback riding, swimming, fishing, all in a medically safe environment, all at no cost to the camper. What do you say, Richard Petty? Let's do this. Learn more at VictoryJunction.org. You hear it every week. Just want to thank the whole team and uh, all our guys back in Denver. Everybody supports this team. They're the unsung heroes of NASCAR, and their life is the pitch. This is Rocco Williams, and for 10 years, I've jacked up some of the biggest names in auto racing, and now I'm jacked to bring it all down to street level and acquaint you with the guys behind the wall and back at the shop. Join me on MRN Crew Call, presented by Money Lion, every Wednesday on MRN.com, iTunes, or wherever podcasts are found. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on along here on NASCAR Live all offseason. A lot of the talk has been about the changes NASCAR is making to the cars, to the rules, and how it's going to affect the racing on track. NASCAR Today's Woody Kane walks us through what drivers are thinking, what will happen at Atlanta this weekend, and what NASCAR is hoping will happen. Now that the Great American Race is in the books, NASCAR moves to that new 2019 rules package in steps starting this weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway. It's important to keep in mind that the goal is to keep cars closer together longer, like the All-Star Race at Charlotte last year, but with some important tweaks after learning from that event and later tests. Bigger spoilers and splitters for more downforce will be the most visible to fans. 
engines restricted to about 550 horsepower compared to a more normal 750 sounds huge, but remember that cars at Daytona ran about 400 horsepower and last year's All-Star race had about 450. The big difference between this week and next will be air ducts. At Atlanta, both Pocono races, Darlington and Homestead, those will be used to help cool the brakes. At Las Vegas and other intermediate sized tracks, they'll be used to make a bigger bubble of air around the cars to help with passing, like Xfinity cars use at Indianapolis. Seven-time champ Jimmy Johnson tested at both Atlanta and Vegas. You know, I had an opinion going into the Las Vegas test um, based on the All-Star race, and then my uh, my opinion changed after doing the test. I mean, the corner speeds are a lot higher than what we had at the All-Star race. We are closer to the edge of traction with the car than I first thought we would be, but there is a huge draft on the straight. So I think ideally, you know, we're going to have big runs on, on each other at the end of straightaways and, and being able to take it two and three wide. Handling in the corner is still going to be an issue, especially on older tires on an old surface that could string things out, but I would anticipate us staying in a big pack and a lot more competitive passes. Kyle Busch says the tracks themselves will be a huge factor in determining how well the new package works. Yeah, I think some racetracks are going to be different. Some are kind of going to be the same. You know, we look at places like Atlanta or California where the tires wear out and you definitely have a lot of comers and goers. You know, you might see guys that qualify up front that are trimmed out to be able to go fast and carry speed through the short run, but typically it gets into a long run. You're going to have long run races as well, too, that our cars are typically faster in the long runs and we'll be coming through at the end, you know, so it just kind of depends. I hope that it still comes down to the guys that know how to set up their race cars really well, the drivers, the communication with the crew chiefs, the crew chiefs doing a good job with the cars, the engineers, as well as the guys back at the shop building fast race cars. I still hope all of that comes to fruition, that we can see the good guys be the good guys and, and the have-nots be the have-nots. Just like last week, where fans were concerned that the Daytona 500 might wind up similar to the ride-around-the-top strategy they saw in the Clash and Dual races only to see a completely different Daytona 500. Martin Truex Jr. says we really don't know what to expect. I think it's a big question mark for all of us. I think it's going to look similar at some tracks, different at others. I think really the tracks are the big key, whether it's going to work out the way they want it to or not. It's really going to change what it looks like. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see, honestly. I think for us as drivers, it's a competition. We all want to win. We're going to do whatever we can to figure it out better than everybody else, and that's our job. I don't worry about packages and rules. I just go drive and try to figure out how to win. Even last year's Atlanta winner isn't sure what we'll see, but Kevin Harvick does believe the race within a race will be who can figure it out more quickly. Uh, we've never had 40 cars on a racetrack together in the close form that we had at the All-Star race. So there's there's really more questions than there are answers at this particular point. You know, I think from a race team standpoint, we, we really have no idea of what to expect as to what's going to be better, speed or handling. And until you race, uh, there's really no way to, to have that answer. So we're, we're going to be acquiring notes and, and all the things that, that come with the first you know six weeks of the season, trying to figure out what we need to do as well uh, and how we're going to race and what it's going to look like uh, as we get through the first part of the season. Despite the changes, just like with other evolutions in competition, someone or several someones will adapt faster and the rest will play catch up. That race starts this weekend in Atlanta. Thank you, Woody. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how these drivers adapt not only this weekend at Atlanta, but points beyond in Las Vegas, ISM Raceway, and the Auto Club Speedway as well. Coming up, Brett Moffitt talks new rides and his thoughts going into Atlanta. And later, we celebrate 25 years of Truck Series racing. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. Hey guys, it's Dylan Welch. He's Tyler Burnett. We're the co-hosts of the Rip the Fence podcast. If you like traditional non-wing dirt track racing, we've got the podcast for you. Christopher Bell. I've flipped people off before, and every time I've stuck my hand out the side of the car with my finger up, I've DNF. We literally crack open the mics and talk to some of the biggest stories in open wheel racing from past and present. Ryan Newman is in. He either chose to fight or not fight. He never chose to fight with me. <laughs> it's the Rip the Fence podcast available on MRN.com and your favorite podcast app. We'll preview this weekend's NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series race from Atlanta next with defending champion Brett Moffitt. 
This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Hi, folks. Mike Bagley here. At MRN, we rely on equipment from Racing Electronics. Joey Logano to the lead on the back straightaway. Racing Electronics has scanners and headphones. We can listen to every uncensored conversation between driver and crew. And when we need live audio, in-car cameras, and up-to-the-second statistics, use their latest handheld unit called Legend. To learn more about these products and many others, visit RacingElectronics.com. Racing Electronics, the official two-way communication partner of MRN. On the racetrack, you can only go as far as your engine can take you. It's the same on the highway. Making a run with a Detroit engine under the hood gives you the industry-leading fuel economy, reliability, and durability your business needs. The Detroit DD13, DD15, and DD16 engine solutions are specifically engineered to make a run as profitable as possible. Don't just want better business solutions, demand them. Learn more at DemandDetroit.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. As we head into Atlanta this weekend, Motor Racing Network will have coverage of the Atlanta 200 for the Gander Outdoors Truck Series. That's coming up 4 p.m. Eastern Saturday afternoon. Our Dylan Welch had the opportunity to sit down with the defending winner of that race and the defending champion of the Truck Series, Brett Moffitt. Well, Brett, uh, I know Daytona didn't end how you wanted it to, but... Showed a lot of speed, and, and the truck seemed like it was good. You know, overall, this transition from Shiggy's team to GMS, were you pleased with, with how things went in Daytona? Yeah, I was very pleased, honestly. You know, from the outside looking in, competing against GMS all year last year, um, you know, they really proved that they're a staple in the truck series, and, and they've earned it to be there. Um, you know, from lap one at Daytona, it was very clear to me that it was the best speedway equipment I've ever been in. I haven't had a lot of speedway success. Um, which continued on last weekend, but uh, we, I actually had a lot of fun doing it. That was my first time enjoying speedway racing. I felt like if we could have got back to the front there, we really could have controlled the race, especially if I had a couple of my teammates with me. Um, it was a bummer for sure, but I got to say they made the transition super easy on me as a driver and brought a really fast Chevy Silverado to the track. So if we can keep doing that, I'll be a very happy man. Was there really a big adjustment to, to deal with with the, with the change? Not really. I'd say the biggest thing is just getting to know the people, um, you know, working with a new crew chief and Jerry Baxter. I've actually known him since the days of racing k and for Michael Waltrip Racing. He was on their Xfinity program at the time. Uh, we've never had a working relationship, but we've always known each other for quite some time now. So the biggest thing is just getting in the shop, getting to know the guys and girls at, at GMS, and um, really just going forward from there, get to the racetrack and start working together. I know it, it obviously wasn't you in victory lane, but to see – Shiggy's guys in victory lane at Daytona. How'd that make you feel? Happy for some of them. <laughs> I'll say that. I got some good friends still over there. So, um, you know, it was, it was good for them to get a win there and, and start off on the right foot. I wish it could have been us, but uh, I think we'll go to Atlanta here and try to kick some ass. Moving forward to Atlanta, you guys were so strong last year on the, on the mile-and-a-half program, and, and obviously the GMS teams were too. Uh, what are you most excited about going to Atlanta as the defending winner? I'm just getting excited to go back to a real racetrack um you know speedway racing's luck of the draw i think there was what nine trucks that finished or whatever so uh atlanta i think you can control your own fate and destiny a little bit more um you can go out there and if we have a really competitive chevy silverado we can stay up front stay out of trouble and uh it is a bit of a strategy call there in the last stage it depends on when cautions come out it's really gonna shake up the field a little bit if someone were to hold on to a set of tires and a late caution comes out they're gonna make out really well so I'm just excited to go back to a track where, uh, you know, it's it's a little bit more like traditional racing. And uh, I was strong on the Mountain House last year and look forward to joining up with them this year to try to repeat. Yeah, how much confidence does that give you as good as they were and as good as you were on the mile and a half, so as much as that makes up the schedule? I mean, that probably makes you feel pretty good going forward here. Yeah, I really feel like they were strong. GMS was strong everywhere we went. Uh, you know, we, we were pretty good everywhere we went, but we had a few tracks where we just flat out missed it. And another thing with that is relying on teammates, and we have Sheldon Creed and Stuart Friesen works close under our camp, and I think that's going to help if, if we do show up to a racetrack and miss, miss a setup off the truck, we can all three work together and go in different directions and find out what works best. So hopefully that will be a minimum this year, 
and uh, we can just work together well. And, and man, it, it gives me a huge boost of confidence being with one of the best truck teams in the in the series for quite some time now. How is it different being there than it was being at Shooting's team? I'd say it's a lot more, um, you know, they're still a small team, but it's a lot more like back when I was racing Cup with those teams. With There's a lot more depth, um, you know, they're, they have a lot more equipment and a lot more personnel. So, um, you know, it's, it's still not a huge team by any means, but there's a lot more to rely on and, and just depth and strength in that depth. Does it feel different having to not worry about the fact if you're going to be racing the next week or not? For sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was that was super hard last year. It, it was uh, it was a survival mode kind of deal where it was just get to the racetrack, and then once we got to the racetrack, then you switch over to, okay, how are we going to be competitive this weekend? Uh, which, fortunately, Scott Zividelli did a great job, and the guys there put that all aside and focused on the job at hand once we got to the track. But, you know, going into this season knowing that, I'm going to be with one of the best teams in the series and that we're going to go race for a championship from the get-go. It's a huge weight off my shoulders. Now all I have to do is focus on being the best driver I can be and being the best I can be on and off the racetrack physically, mentally, and just just build on last year's success and try to be even better this season. In what ways does something like that weigh on your mind where you don't know if you're going to be racing next week? Do you drive differently? I don't think you drive any differently. Um, You know, once I got to the racetrack, we just completely shut it off. It was just a lot of stress during the week that I wouldn't say was necessary or, or not ideal. Um, you know, it was necessary for our situation, but obviously when you're not having to focus on that, you can focus on what makes you better as a driver and what makes you better as a team instead of how are we going to get there. This year, as the defending champion, uh, how does that, is it pressure? Is it, uh, are you good with that pressure does it motivate you what what does it feel like going back to these places as the champ yeah I think I've always been good in my career of I put the most pressure on myself I have the highest expectations for myself and uh, when I'm not successful I'm the only one that is is doubting myself so um, you know it's it's a sport where all that matters is winning but being the past champion I feel like a lot of the year last year with it being my first time racing full-time Again, um, I was still learning, and I was learning how to run for a championship and learning how to be consistent, and some of the tracks were the first time I've ever been there in a truck, so, um, you know, I think it's it's pressure for sure, but it's all coming from within, and, and me wanting to take last year and have that be a starting stone and, and performing better this year. Thank you, Dylan. Speaking of Truck Series racing, coming up, we'll talk 25 years of Truck Series racing and get into a little NASCAR history. It's all in our AutoZone commercial-free zone. It's never a good feeling to see your check engine light on. Thankfully, the AutoZone FixFinder service can tell you the most likely fix for free. Get in the zone, AutoZone. I'm not blooming good. I'm blooming great. Put a shrimp on the barbie and sizzle my steak. Woo! I want that onion to bloom. And it get in my senses like a sonic boom. No rules, just right. So bold, so nice. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Thanks for hanging out with us on this week's NASCAR Live. Next time you're on your computer, check out our website, mrn.com. It's loaded with NASCAR news stories and original programs. We also have lots of podcasts that you can check out, including a brand new one called MRN Presents The Tough Trucks of NASCAR, 25 Years and Still Trucking. This week's show is about how it all began back in 1994. Position on the back straightaway from Alta Loma, California, Dan Hubbard. I remember when uh, Bill France Jr. said uh, he had a major announcement to make during the Cup weekend at Sonoma. And many of us in the press corps were wondering, well, what's this going to be all about? And they set up a huge white tent 
up on a hill at the track in Sonoma. And we all trundled up there and filled this large tent because it was rare when Bill Jr. made an announcement. And he proceeds to tell us that NASCAR is going to launch a third national series. Coming out of turn two, it is Terry Labonte by a half truck. I just kind of scratched my head. I thought, oh, boy, I don't know about this. You know, I, I'm not sure the fans are going to really uh, embrace this. But then on the other hand, I'm sure the manufacturers would because of uh, all the trucks that you see going up and down the highway. Greg Biffle has moved up to the second position. Initially, your first reaction is, eh, is that, that's going to be kind of weird or, or this or that, you know, because we're all about aerodynamics, body work, looking cool. But then you start looking at, you know, whatever the stats are, 60-some percent of Americans drive trucks. Checkered flag in the air, Skinner wins. That got so much hype, and we started filling grandstands everywhere we went, and we started getting big turnouts where we were actually having to turn trucks away. And uh, when after about the first third of the year, I, I, there was no question that the truck series was going to be there for a while. That's all from this week's podcast series. MRN presents the Tough Trucks of NASCAR, 25 years and still trucking. You can download the entire show for free on iTunes and at MRN.com. Before we wrap up this week's show, Susie Armstrong has this week in NASCAR history. Accessing science fiction. No, no, practical application. My question is why can't one change the past? Because one cannot travel into the past. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. Songs that made my hit parade. We begin our romp through time in the year 1972. On CBS television, Sammy Davis Jr. made a guest appearance on All in the Family. In the news, Richard Nixon became the first U.S. president to visit China. The Volkswagen Beetle surpassed the Ford Model T as the most produced automobile in history. And in NASCAR, A.J. Foyt was on his way to victory in the 14th Daytona 500, nearly two laps ahead of second place, charging Charlie Glotzbach. A.J. Foyt running in group number three, slowed off his pace considerably in that beautiful white and maroon and gold and silver mercury that heads down to the trioval and to the start-finish line. Ladies and gentlemen, the 14th annual Daytona 500. 500 belongs to A.J. Foyt. Jump forward to 1989. Paula Abdul is number one on the radio with Straight Up. Roseanne Garner's top-rated TV show honors, and NASCAR cranked it up again at the World Center of Racing for the 31st Daytona 500. The world watched as Daryl Waltrip stretched the fuel to claim the biggest win of his career. Waltrip under power still in turn number three. I think he's going to make it. Darrell Waltrip calling the bluff, and he's on his way. He could probably coast in from here. He's following Labonte to the line. Darrell Waltrip brings the tied Chevrolet across, and he goes from lap 144 to lap 200 without a fuel stop. And we end this week in 2005. Rascal Flats was number one on the country charts with Bless the Broken Road. At the box office, Hitch, starring Will Smith and Kevin James, was the top-grossing movie. A new site on the Internet called YouTube launched, and NASCAR was hosting the 47th Daytona 500. Jeff Gordon held off Kurt Busch to win his third and final Great American Race. For the final time in turn number three, Jeff Gordon, Kurt Busch, everybody else from there on back is too wide. Here comes Jeff Gordon looking for the checkered flag. Jeff Gordon leads the way off turn four looking for his sixth Daytona win. Kurt Busch looks one time to the inside, can't make the move. Jeff Gordon is the 2005 Daytona 500 champion. And those are just some of the dramatic moments this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. This has been the AutoZone Commercial Free Zone. It's never a good feeling to see your check engine light on. Thankfully, the AutoZone Fix Finder service can tell you the most likely fix for free. Get in the zone, AutoZone. That's going to put a wrap on this week's show. Remember, Motor Racing Network has live coverage of the NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series from Atlanta this Saturday starting at 4 p.m. Eastern time. We'd like to thank 2019 Daytona 500 champion Denny Hamlin for joining us, also Richard Childress and Brett Moffitt for joining us on today's show. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for being here as well. 
talk to you next week here on NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everyone. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida. And was brought to you by Bloomin' Monday at Outback Steakhouse. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian, Tyler Burnett, and Rich Colbrin. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com to get all of the latest NASCAR news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, I did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best.